Allison uh-huh. Shelton and Claire Keene. Thank you for joining us on Femmon Creatives, where we talk to a creative person who we find fascinating. And I, I do find Claire fascinating. She is a author of many books, including her most recent Little Wonder and an illustrator and a visual development artist. Puss in Boots just happened. Gorgeous. And she's known for Tangled and Enchanted and lots of other wonderful works. So Claire and I know each other outside of this screen and we got together to talk about what we wanted to talk about. <laughs> we conversation. Yes, we did. Like on those talk shows, right? Before they have their <laughs> guests, they have a free I don't think you're supposed to be revealing this, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> this is the insider. Um, this is the insider information. Uh, because we could have talked about so many things, right, Claire? That's why we had yeah. a pre-conversation. Um, yeah. And we settled on finding your voice, the process of finding your voice, because that's something I'm grappling with right now. And it's one of the things we like immediately started talking about um, because my my road has been circuitous to that place. And I felt a lot of pressure when I was in film school to conform to this idea specifically of a woman's voice. Hmm. Like certain stories I should tell. Um, I might be allowed to tell them if I told them in a commercial way. And, you know, a way that was probably interesting to the male gaze, but not how I might want to tell them. And you sort of started talking about your experience. So what has been your experience finding your voice? Um, Well, it's interesting that you talk about um, the experience of others on, on, in your journey of finding your voice, because from what I have recently discovered in my old age is that middle age, middle age, age, um, is that the more I, I look to the outside for approval of what I'm saying, the quieter my voice gets. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I'm like, I'm done. I don't even want to, I don't want to say anything anymore. Or like, so I'm like, it's, it's very difficult to continue um, breaking new ground and being creative when I'm thinking about how it's going to land. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's something that I'm, I'm discovering um, more and more um, now that I'm, really kind of taking on trying to do more and more personal work. Mm-hmm. I think that is so well put. And I went through that in the extreme when I had my first child, I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. I got yeah. nothing to say. Nobody cares. Obviously look, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, and I was also you know, not processing trauma that I'd been through. And, you know, it just all kind of built into this place of like, oh, I really did think I was done. It was not an act. I was not doing like the dramatic, like when you leave a relationship, but you're not really leaving a relationship. (laughs) It was like, I really was done because I, I, like you say, I was, I wasn't there anymore. You're just dry. 
yeah, I had erased myself so well that I was gone, you know? So was it part of, um, being a new mom that, that made that happen? It was just, I know that's a very like common narrative. Like you lose yourself and your child. Um, Mm -hmm. no, I was working, um, before while I was pregnant and in like reality television production. And, um, but I had not really been writing for a while because I had just, I had had a bunch of bad experiences with meetings. I think we've all been there um, where you go in with your work and it's like, well, if it could just be like this and if you could just, you know, and then you do that thing and they still don't like it. And you're, you're, you keep trying to, the goalposts keep moving. Like when I first heard that saying, I felt so relieved that a saying existed to describe that experience. You hit, you hit, you kick a goal, right? You do, but then they're not there anymore. The goalposts that you're kicking toward. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a sign that, um, that when you get to that point where you feel like all your goalposts are moving, then you realize Oh, oh, it's because all my goalposts are outside of me. Yep. It's not, it's not something, it's not a personal um, mm-hmm. goalpost that I can constantly go t- towards. Um, 100%. The goalposts are all external. There's no, and now I find it's important for me to have goals that are attainable that I set for myself and that I try to celebrate. Like I did this thing and not be so product oriented because when I was younger, I was very product oriented because I didn't trust my process or my voice. So it was difficult to be process oriented <laughs> because I didn't value it. You yeah. know, it was just like, it was just something I went through to get to the product. And yeah, and if you work in, especially if you're working in television and film, that is a really not sustainable way to serve to be because oftentimes the product never happens you know like that you're shooting for like yeah the the tv show or the film doesn't get made yeah and you don't want to um yeah you go through that a few times and then if that's if that's your if that's your main goal um you will just get burnt out yes because yeah. And that's what I've, I've realized, like I've been, I went through something recently where I was just like, I'm, I'm just done. Like, but like physically exhausted. Yeah. Like I just like, I reached my limit and, um, and I realized that I really had to start really just kind of start focusing in on what it is that I, what, what makes me truly happy. Yeah. Um, like for a while I was doing like these manifestation things Mm -hmm. and I swear that was like the quickest road to burnout that I could have (laughs) possibly (laughs) taken. And I thought I was doing myself some good, but like it was because I was like manifesting like specific successes. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that didn't happen, then it was just like so defeating and like, Oh my gosh. Or, or just like, like putting so much pressure on these external things that Mm -hmm. really, whether you're manifesting or you're not, you don't have control over these things. You don't have control (laughs) over the universe. And, and that can just be so exhausting going after these things. And, um, and I guess I was glad that I, I tried it 
went through just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And just to get to the point where I'm like, I guess if I'm going to be manifesting anything, it should really just to, to enjoy my life. Cause this mm-hmm. is the only life that I've got. Yeah. I would say I have a, like a version to vision boards because I know myself. So which vision boards are a form of manifestation. People really love them. We both, Claire and I both live in Los Angeles. So there's a lot of vision board people (laughs) here and I know myself so well that I know that if I put it on a vision board, I would potentially get obsessed with it. Like getting the thing, you know? So I'm just like, no, no, literally my vision board quote unquote vision board, like since I was in my twenties is like you say, to be happy. And I remember when I first said that to my acting teacher, I was a theater major in college. She's like, well, that's a stupid goal. What? (laughs) Why would you, what was her thinking on that? She was just like, as an actor, like, you're not going to be happy basically. And I was like, well, maybe acting, that was when I started to think about like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. I mean, it wasn't for me. I'm so not suited for it. I couldn't handle the rejection. Like I was there for the the character building and the world building. So then Mm -hmm. I shifted into, which I think is important when talking. So when finding your voice, Mm -hmm. like what has it been like for you? And it, it is a bumpy road. And I think it's an ongoing conversation about it. And there's so much pressure, especially like, I think now with social media that we kind of brand ourselves there's a difference between finding your voice and branding yourself and I think branding yourself can get into that external territory right where it's like I'm this um, yeah yeah social media is definitely one of those things that like that can quickly just burn me out yeah to the point I mean yeah to the point where I'm like I'm ready to delete my account (laughs) (laughs) Um, don't do it. Don't do it because you don't want to have to start over next time you publish a book and your publisher's like, start a social media account. No, you know, because (laughs) just, just step away because you see people who are very active and then they just disappear and you know exactly what they're going through. (laughs) (laughs) And you just know exactly what's happening. It's like, oh, they're, they've hit the wall. They've hit the packaging life for consumption. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I know that there's probably things to to do for social media in terms of branding myself, but I, I, I know that that's like a, a tricky substance and I can't, um, I can't go down that road, yeah. uh, but in terms of my own path of finding my voice, I think, well, I definitely feel like I'm still on that path, but at least I'm on it. Yeah. Um, I think that that is, uh, another way for me to think about it is just really being aligned with myself and being um, kind of digging in to find what is um, important to me. Um, Uh And um, I would have to say like a lot of that has to do with um, just going through life and uh, like all the ups and downs and, and finding myself getting back up. You talk about rejection Mm -hmm. and, and I think about the actors that are happy. It's not 
that rejection is not going to like, um, you have to have something, a, a goal that's bigger than just getting the job in order to stay happy. I, like you said, the process driven stuff, but for me, um, recently, um, I, I realized, well, when I started doing children's books, I started working on these books and realizing like, oh my gosh, I absolutely love it. They're gorgeous and, too. They're thank really you. beautiful and magical and transporting. Thanks. Mm -hmm. And I, there's, I mean, I love the illustration part, but I also, mm -hmm. when I'm coming up with the idea for an actual book, it, it's painful <laughs> because writing is hard as you know, but also there's something once I get past that, like huge hurdle of like, uh, how do I say this idea? Um, then it just kind of becomes magical where the drawings and the, and the words are kind of like something kind of uh, there's no other word to describe it, but it feels like magic. Yeah. Um, and, and that is bigger than any sort of accomplishment that could happen as a result of having good work. And recently I've discovered that that, that should be my goal or that should, if I'm going to be manifesting anything, like yeah. let it be that, let it be that feeling of like, Oh my God, I love this. And I could just like dive into it. Um, being in the flow. Yeah. Being in the flow. Really truly that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and how special that is. I mean, it is. And also even going into spending time with my kids and just like in that super special space where you're just like, just cuddling on the couch and just watching a movie together. It's just like, uh, I could just stay here forever doing this one thing. And, mm -hmm. uh, that, that's where I want to be. Um, and I guess that that's probably where my, my voice is, is in those moments of, of true flow where I'm not thinking about, I mean, I guess when I'm doing my books, I'm thinking about how I'm thinking about my audience and, and when I'm doing my animation stuff too, I'm thinking about the audience and thinking about like how best to like set up an action or set up, um, a moment in the story. But, um, but I, it's also because I enjoy doing it even, even when I hate it, like I, I enjoy kind of getting in there and, and the, the joy of being frustrated by, um, little things. Um, and I, and I, I guess, think, go ahead. Well, I, I think that that's where, that's where my voice lies is, is when I'm really enjoying something. I agree. I think that's a really great indication of where your voice is when there's kind of this opening and you feel like it's there for you, like to walk into and, and not, you're not pushing again because I'm a person, I don't know if you're like this, Claire, but I was definitely a person who could do whatever, you know, I could kind of mimic people or write something that would be asked of me. So I could, I could force myself to do things. Um, but I think the, the, my voice is connected to just being 
like feeling at home with what you're yeah. creating and, yeah. and feeling like it's easy. Like I still remember like relatively, you know, because I still remember when I was taking dance classes, when I was like 12 or something, my dance teacher was like, Oh, you'll probably never be a professional dancer, but you could be a choreographer because you do certain things very well. That might be difficult for others, but they're what you do. And it was the first time I sort of started to understand that not everyone is good at the same things. Hmm. That that things that might be easy for me or natural, I think is probably more the word, they aren't the same things for everyone. So that yeah. this thing that comes naturally to us that we want to express or that we do express, that's that's connected to voice. That's connected yeah. to like the things that we maybe fall back on are easy for us. Like that's not laziness. I think oftentimes in an art school MFA program, like I was in, that can kind of be misconstrued. Something that's easy for you is lazy or I don't think so. No, not at all. I want to push back against that and say, that's part of your voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to like push yourself outside your comfort zone, but know your comfort zone and know what the difference of between like staying stagnant is and, and, and staying close to your river of truth that you can kind of like pull from and, and go beyond so, so far beyond and push the boundaries, um, when you are connected to your true self. Um, yeah, I, I feel like when I'm, when I'm connected to, um, trying to communicate something, when I'm connected to that drive to communicate, um, rather than, okay, is my drawing going to be pretty? Is it going to, is it going to look good? Those things keep me, keep me kind of in a box. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just trying to communicate, like, um, if I'm, I'm, if I'm, if my goal is really simply to communicate, which in this moment, when I'm talking right now, I realize it cannot <laughs> communicate. <laughs> uh, well, we're talking about, I think pretty layered things. Like, that's why it's an interesting <laughs> yeah, conversation. Well, like, yeah, cause I'm you kind of got to dig in a little bit. Yeah. So well, also, digging. I feel like I'm trying to like keep this broad enough. Um, so that it's not well, don't just worry. about no, art. Talk about yourself. But, um, I love it. I, I, if anyone, I'm like this, I love hearing from artists because it is not my wheelhouse, fine art. You know, it's like, I love it. Talk about your process. <laughs> anyway, like, so these are, yeah. When, when I'm like really trying to communicate a specific thing in my, in my work and my work is, is surrounding story. Like if I'm trying to communicate a specific idea of a story, then I can go further and try so many other things mm-hmm. um, that I wouldn't have been able to do had I just been trying to make my drawings look good. Um, I agree. And I think also having that sort of container like you do for a specific character, a specific story point, like you can then evolve within that more than just kind of this general, like make something pretty, yeah, make something funny, make something, you know, emotional. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, it's so overwhelming. I know that these cannot be goals. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, no, <laughs> no, no, they can't. And and I do want to circle back to rejection because I think it's related here. My relationship to rejection has changed a lot. I'm much better at it um, because 
I think I am more confident in what I'm saying. So mm. then it's like, okay, this isn't for them, this yeah. thing, as opposed to I'm not for them. Because when I was less sure of what the hell I was saying or doing, it felt so much more personal. You know, yeah. it felt like they were just like rejecting me as opposed yeah. to the specific iteration of me. And now I'm much more like cognizant of the idea that, you know, rejection also means you're putting yourself out there and rejection is part of it. And rejection is a good thing because at least you're participating where before it was like, I just wanted someone to like me. It was literally that basic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Of course. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and getting some like definitive answers to yeah. the contrary is really, really hard oh, to over and over again. It's like, Oh, yeah. they don't like me. What am I, you know, I needed validation that I was good. Like, I mean, it was just kind of a bottomless hole, you know, of needing mm-hmm. somebody as many people as possible to tell me <laughs> that I was good. Yeah. And, and the more like you can kind of separate yourself from that needing to have validation or as I'll speak for myself, the more that I could separate myself from needing to have that validation that it's worthwhile that I exist from my work, the better it is for my work. Like my existence and my work are not actually the same thing, but when I was younger, they felt much more bound together. Yeah. I, I don't know that (laughs) I'm still very, (laughs) very much, uh, like, I don't know my, my work and my existence are very much tied together, even though I have heard this, <laughs> that they do exist on different planes. <laughs> I've heard this rumor. Um, <laughs> well, I want to say that I knew you before I knew you were an artist. So you exist for me as Claire. And then mm-hmm. it was like, oh, this is so cool. She does all this amazing work. So you are, and I think there is this kind of, I don't know, as a mother, which is how Claire mm-hmm. and I met each other. Um, I, I think lots of time, I don't know how quite how to articulate this, but like when you're in the school space, people just kind of, at least with me, especially cause I'm very involved. People just kind of assume like, that's your whole identity. Like that's yeah. all you ever do. And all you ever would like to do for the rest of your life. <laughs> Ask people for money. <laughs> sign up for cupcakes and and I remember oh god I was at a parent party when my older son was in like first grade so very early in the school journey and one of the dads I was in I was talking to him and he said oh you're so different from your emails (laughs) and I was like yeah of course I'm different from my emails because if I sent out emails in the voice I have in life, no one would respond. You know, if I send what, what was email, the difference? What, because what are I'm like, emails? hey, you know, could it, it would be great if you would participate? And I'd really appreciate like just this very sweet sort of like almost, you know, candy. that's what I remember getting from you. Right. Like, you know, just like uh, fluff because I, uh-huh. I'm asking people for something. I'm not going to be like, hey, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but so he was saying like, oh, you're a more, lot more like acidic in real life. Well, I don't know if acidic, but like interesting. The implication was interesting or like layered or smart. Oh. Or it was definitely a um like a neg, but like a positive. Like, <laughs> oh, now that I've gotten to know you, you have more layers than please bring cupcakes, which I'm just like, yeah. 
everyone does <laughs> in the world. Um, and it was just such a funny, like, I think he expected me to be like, oh, thanks. You know, and it was just like, and I probably did say that because I was just disarmed by it. But later yeah. it was just like, what? That is um, a strange comment to make. Yeah. Um, yeah well, was- speaking of your school emails, I remember having a conversation with you about your emails and being like, I am so thankful that you are a parent. Like that's not making me feel bad. Like you, like, because there were some other um, parents that I think in that year, maybe another year that were just like, like, I felt like I was always in trouble every time I would respond, like read one of their emails and yours were kind. And I was like, oh, that's the way to do it. She's really like a professional. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Because I know those, those emails and it just makes you feel like you want to throw up. Like you've been found out that you're not an actual parent, you know, yeah. that someone yeah. has seen through that you are not doing this right. You know? And I just always, I have words for it now, but I didn't then. I just feel like it's really inequitable when that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is sent out, you know, it's like not yeah. everyone has all the time and resources to do these things. So you kind of need to ask yeah. it like, Hey, if you can, it'd be great. I didn't have that word then but I was uncomfortable with the sort of assumption that everyone is just like sitting around waiting to like handcraft some bullshit. Well, uh, yeah. And and our school definitely has a lot of hands-on involvement. Yeah. And you're just like, no. 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 And so I, that was always where I came from, but I just, I had that, I think in a way having that experience of being sort of like seen as just this one thing it gave me some freedom to just be like, oh, I'm a lot of things. And certain yeah. people see me one way and certain, and that's okay. Well, yeah. When I was younger. That experience where you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's, I'm being perceived that way in this very, and, and that can be a multitude of ways. Yes. Um, yeah. And where, when I was younger, that would have just like, oh, it would have made me so mad. You know, like the feminist in me would have just been like, no, I'm a well-rounded, <laughs> powerful, you know, I'm just like, okay, you can write me off. Go ahead. I don't even like, that's fine. You're well, not and me. also we can be well-rounded um, and not show, I mean, the idea right. of being well-rounded. Don't show it all the time you, to everyone. Yeah, you, you can't show every <laughs> single facet of yourself at all times. Right. Right. And I felt this pressure and I think this is related to voice. It's like this pressure to like do it all, all the time. It, it was just coming from such a place of insecurity, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not something you could fake feeling like, okay, I, I have something to say. And it's something I'm still working on, but we all have something to say. And I think for me, that has helped me. Like, I truly believe everyone has a story and something to say, whether they're mm-hmm. going to say it is not, I don't know that, but like, are you talking about like actual with verbal language or written language, or are you talking about um, other ways of communicating as well? I, I just think in general, everyone has a story that they may or may not choose to tell ever. Um, but I, I think I used to feel like, oh, I need to make sure that like, I have a reason that I'm taking up space in this conversation, in this creative collaboration. Like I need to be worthwhile enough or substantive enough or smart enough or whatever thing I chose that day. And um, no, I don't. I want to be with people who want me to be there. Yeah. You don't need to be in every conversation. 
like not every it. yeah you know this yeah, kind not, of need yeah and and uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't be a part of every conversation we shouldn't no. be a part of every or okay, i'm just thinking about the projects that i take on there's i mean there's there's things that are not me and mm-hmm. that's fine mm-hmm. and that and it doesn't mean that I like those projects less. It's just not, not who I am. And, and, um, that's okay. Um, and, and, and just this feeling of like, when a door opens, like that's a sign, like if it, there feels like there's acceptance and like you see each other, I'm just so much better at that than I, I, cause there's so much, I don't know if it's like this in the art world, but definitely in film and television, it's like, you just say yes to everything, right? Like you, you just have to just, say yes and like put yourself out there and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. you know and so you get yourself in some shitty situations yeah (laughs) yes I I understand that um I'm also like one of those people that wants to say yes to everything just because um I like there's a part that's like well what if no projects ever come around come around again like there's that like fear part scarcity also like when I'm talking to somebody and they're talking about their project, like, it's like, oh yeah. And I, I can like, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that if I have to go like house hunting with a friend or something, I'm like ready to like, um, tell them to get the first house that we see. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. It's absolutely, look, there's a kitchen. <laughs> and, and it's got, it even has like the hardwood floors and and they're like, but Claire, like the light, there's not, and like other people have much more um, nuanced ways of making decisions, but I'm just kind of like, oh, it's new. It's shiny. It's cool. Um, and, and I have a way of like getting very excited about a lot of things. And, um, and I think that it serves me well when, um, when I'm in a project that isn't such a great fit for me, but I can find the I can find usually something that I can do in it, that yeah. I can find myself in it in a, in a short, small way. I think that's great. I mean, I, I think that, I think I could too with many, I think for me, I'm talking about the people involved, like that this, I, like sometimes it's just not the right fit, you know, and that, and that that is okay. And to try to get in a place where you can trust your gut, I think is a big part of finding your voice and getting out there with your, like that you actually trust yourself and know yourself. And that has been like, I'm much better at it now that I've worked on healing things. Like, I mean, I think in myself, like my comfort is meaningful to me where I used to be a person who like, well, this makes me kind of uncomfortable. So I'm definitely going to go ahead and do it <laughs> because because I just felt uncomfortable all the time when I was a kid. So I just mm-hmm. did things because otherwise I would have not done anything. And yeah. uh, so I was definitely in that place of like, oh, this, this seems like not quite welcoming. This must be for me, you know, yeah. where I'm yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's also such this culture of like, um fear doesn't exist like fear uh-huh. is just um mm-hmm. it's it's just like some leftover remnant from our survival and um 
if you don't feel comfortable in a situation, that's just because you haven't grown into that. Like you have to let yourself like grow past your fears. And F that. I understand <laughs> where that comes from. And there might be a place for that. Mm. But I also think that um, listening too much to that, and, and it's, it's typically people who are kind of lost that that find themselves in these types of programs that are always like, Oh, liberate your fears. And just don't, uh, don't, don't, uh, don't be afraid to like, I don't know. To jump in both. To jump I mean, in. And yep. I, I have to say, like, I think that attitude, which is definitely a lot of some of the new age stuff I grew up with, where it's like, you end up <clears throat> self gaslighting yourself. Like yeah. if you're, un- you're uncomfortable, then you tell yourself it's your shit and you got to deal with it. You got to, for me, yeah, for, yeah, that forgive it's your yourself. Own, yeah. It's your own personal things that you yes. have not dealt with that yes. are holding you back. Right. And as opposed to like your actual fear response saying, this isn't a safe place for you. you yeah. Know? And yeah. And I, I don't know what the solution is, but I do know now because I, I've kind of done all of that. And, and I realized that it's really important to, even, even if it's wrong to just honor it and just be like, okay, well, maybe there, it, there will be a time where it will feel a little bit more appropriate to like jump, um, headfirst in, into something. Um, but, um, like knowing the difference between staying, staying in your in your space and, and being true to who you are and knowing the difference between that and being, um, just stagnant. Yeah. I mean, there is a difference, but I, I, I think that, and I think they, they're both related to voice because I think if you're stagnant, your voice isn't going to evolve. But I think if, for me personally, if I'm putting myself in unsafe situations, there's a certain, there's definitely a lot of performance going on because that's a huge survival tactic for me is like people pleasing, you know, where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm loving every minute of this nightmare. Um, So if, if I'm doing that, then like my creative voice is completely like not present, you know, it's not happening. So there's my own self-preservation, but it's also creative preservation. Like if I want to keep creating, I actually have to take care of myself. And yeah, this, well, this, it, this, it, thing this is true that, that it's all, it's all linked. That yes, the create our creative voice is our personal, um, I don't know. Expression. That, that, I mean, it's an expression yeah. of who we are. And if we're yeah. not allowing ourselves to be whole, like that's not going to be whole either. I mean, I yeah. don't know if holes the word, but you know, just this kind of like, if I don't feel safe, like, cause especially I think with personal work, Claire, because at the beginning you were saying your work moving more into personal work. I think, especially with that, when the container is literally you, you know, like if you're working on visual development, the container is puss and boots, mm-hmm. you know, like, so you can pour yourself into that, but yeah. if you're creating it and it's your story, yeah, if you're not feeling safe, yeah it's it's really hard to well it's 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 just the voice it's like it's just such a small voice because it's been mm-hmm. it's been talked over so much that you can barely hear it and so uh you don't really have anything to guide you yeah 
Yeah. And you want to have people in your life who are like, I love this. I love your voice. I hear it. Keep it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have definitely in the last, I think, I think actually the pandemic really helped because I was like zooming with people who I felt like we had some synergy and and that made me want that in my real life where it's like, I want people in my life who are saying that I love this. This is great. Of course. And I'm saying the same thing to them, of course, but it's like, it's, it goes back to that thing of everyone isn't for you or me, you know, like, and that's okay. And I think there's a lot of pressure commercially to create things that are for everyone. Yeah. That's, that's a myth, especially when you start getting personal, like if it ends up being for everyone, that was an accident. <laughs> like, Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and I guess that's where it goes back to what are, what's your goal? Yeah. What's if, if your goal is, is, is to express yourself to the point that you feel satisfied. Yeah. Then, then you can let that live in that space. But if your goal is, is, is to reach the masses. um, No, (laughs) it's a different, like that's a different podcast. And I don't know how you do that. And when you engage with people who have gone viral to use a term, like they didn't know. Most of them just did something and it hit the like zeitgeist, you know? I mean, there's yeah. tons of people, as we all know, as people who've worked in film and television, there are literally just armies of people trying to figure out what people want to buy. Yeah. They don't know. You know, like they're just throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. Like, yeah. If there was a formula, there would only be blockbusters. Well, I know. I was thinking about this recently um, that, you know, I worked on Frozen. And yes, which when we like- were working on Frozen, like we had just finished Tangled and it was, and it, it did well. It had done the right. best that Disney had done for a while. And so we were working on Frozen and, and the expectation was that it was going to be, make a little bit more than Tangled. But then, and you know, like if Disney itself, who has right. like all these people set in place to know how to like and manipulate every resource in that, the world. Yes. Literally yeah. every resource that's available, they have it. Of any company, <laughs> it would be them. And when it became like a huge success, mm-hmm. it was such a huge, um, just surprise to absolutely yeah. everybody. Um, yes. And then vice versa. I mean, there's also yes. been like huge flops from yes. from big companies and Disney too. And, um, and you just, you can't, you can't predict it no matter no matter what, um, no, I don't know, numbers and you don't know what people are going to feel. You don't know what people are going to feel. And that's, and I think that is like, it's a good place to kind of wrap up because that's how, that's how it kind of bounces back to us. We don't know how people are going to feel. So what we have to do is be true to what we want to say. Yeah. We want it to make us feel. And obviously we want to make that the best version of what that is. You know, I'm not just saying, okay, just whatever, throw it out there, but it's been liberating for me to think about, oh, this is what this thing that I want to do has worth if it's only for me. Like, yeah. and that's where I have to, that's where I had to really get in the end. It's like, I'm the audience. I'm the first audience and the most important audience with personal, really personal work. Because I don't want to put something out there that I feel uncomfortable with. Because what if, what if a million people read it and I hate it? You know, 
Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. It's the worst. You wouldn't even enjoy it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And ultimately you want to be able to finish, or I, I should say, I, I want to be able to finish my life. Um, and feel, feel that sense of like, like peace that I get when I'm, I guess it's that flow thing, just like Mm -hmm. being in the flow, whether that be working in the flow or, um, with my kids or even my workouts, like just like (laughs) in that space, like where it it feels good. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, and that has nothing to do with how, how it's landing, uh, with other people. Right. Cause we can't control that. No. In the end, you can't control how people respond to your work. But no. If we could, that would be a totally different conversation, but uh, we can't. So we have to care about what we think of it. And I'm excited to read your more personal work, Claire. I'm like cheerleader. You know how I was saying, I try to surround myself with people who believe in me. So I'm just saying, publicly but I am someone who believes in you and Thank I'm, you. I'm very excited to see where that I know I keep talking happens. about this and I know um, but I'm here it's, it's not it's not out there <laughs> no and it may take a long time that's the other thing I think you know sometimes we think like we got deadlines because we're used to that professionally and I think especially early on and going through art school you have deadlines you've got to finish this thing by this moment um but we have lives and stuff and that complicates it and and personal material is different, different, like the real, oh, I, I know this. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's different. so much easier to reach for the, somebody else's deadline <laughs> that they're imposing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. be like, yay. Um, so I just, I'm here whenever it happens. Okay. And Thanks. I will read it and I will love it. I am certain of it. So this is uh same, same. I cannot read. I can't wait to read what you've written. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody was like, okay, so you finished your first draft. So when can I read it? I'm like, no, it's first draft. <laughs> first draft. That's not yeah. like, oh, no, take your time. But also, ugh. <laughs> I like, okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm. It's sweet. I, re- I do really appreciate it because for me, I need it. Like I need to like, feel like, okay, there is, it's important for me. Yes. But to get it to a place where I want to share it, it's helpful to know there are people who want it, you know, when it's shared, like, yes, the first draft was for me, but to continue onward and like work on getting a publisher, an agent, like, okay, that's to share it with people. So it's helpful to know there are people out there who want, want it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like, like you were talking about, like faith. Mm-hmm. is like a huge thing like having somebody who has faith in you yeah. like it can it can make or break um your own faith like it it shouldn't but at the same time it's such a gift when when people do have that faith where it's just like they're not they're not like saying you know that they're not saying it just because right. they right. are trying to make you happy it's they really <laughs> really want um, the best for you. And that is, there's something really to use that word again, magical about that too. And just kind of otherworldly of like, wow, your desire for me is actually affecting my, 
my future forward. That's really beautifully put. And I agree mm-hmm. because I have had friends say those, those that like, I, I had a friend who said, I want to read what's in your head. And I almost cried well, just hearing that. It's like, yeah. and what's in my head specifically, not what yeah. I've been through because I got a lot of that early on. Oh, I want to read what you, you know, it's like, ugh, it's what's in my head and how I, how I tell it. And that yeah. just made me like choke up anyway. Yeah, that, Thanks, that is super special. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sweet. I've told her multiple times, but like, it's just, so I feel the same way about you, Claire. And I, I, as you know, and I will tell everyone, I love graphic memoirs. They're my favorite thing. <laughs> so not only am I like really interested in you and what you have to say and how you have to say it, but it's my favorite thing. So. Well, now I have to really do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've thrown down the gauntlet. Yeah, you really have. That's me. That's me. I'm always throwing down the gauntlet for people to write their stories, whether it's the poems or here. Honestly, I I don't know if I would have even continued with the idea if 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 you haven't been around, just kind of like just there. Yeah, you. Yeah. (laughs) Looking at you, I'm not the only one who wants it. So, Claire, if people would like to find you, where would they find? Where's the best place to find more about your work, which is beautiful and all the things, and you should learn more about it claireonacloud.com yes yeah even your like handle is magical <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm on a cloud I'm on a cloud somewhere yeah anyway yeah claireonacloud.com or um I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at the same thing at Claire like at Claire love it yeah Well, thank you so much for joining me, Claire. Yeah, thanks. This was fun. Yes, you had a great idea for something to talk about. So (laughs) thank you for everyone who joined us. If you liked this, please share it, subscribe, review, send it to your friends who are grappling with whether or not they should tell their story or continue to do the thing they're doing because they should and we believe in them. So thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye.